Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Think about a backup band for a modern pop musician. You're probably imagining guitars, drums, maybe a keyboard. One instrument you're probably not thinking of is the harp. But it's there more often than you might think. Like, listen to the song Shadow by Kesha. If you really tune in and listen closely, you can hear the melodic strumming. The musician that's on the harp here is named Mary Lattimore. And playing this huge ancient instrument in a modern setting is kind of her jam. She's toured with the pop duo Beach House and she's recorded with singer-songwriters like Kurt Vile and Thurston Moore. I actually once saw Mary at a concert in Athens, in Greece. She played outside, it was like a million degrees, and there were these huge wildfires happening nearby. It was so hot and ashes were raining down and playing this ancient wooden instrument for these amazing people that were just like enduring the heat and the fires. It was so, (laughs) it was so interesting and so fun, but also so dark. (laughs) Yeah. That's Mary talking to me recently from her home in Los Angeles. Mary's music is fairly improvisational. It adapts and builds and morphs. When she's playing, she's going through repeating loops, which are like variations on the same melody over and over. And those loops are almost like musical snowflakes. They're different every time. I can't remember exactly what I did, but I I know that it must have collected some kind of sounds that um, felt like for that day only. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm sure that there was like some melody that that felt like it was really connected to the sky raining down ashes. Right now, Mary's on tour for her newest solo album, Goodbye Hotel Arcada, which comes out today. So I've invited her on the show to share some of her music and to talk us through how she became a heart-playing indie musician. This is FT Weekend. I'm Lulu Smith, in for Lila Raptopoulos. Mary Lattimore, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So um, to introduce you to our listeners, can you just tell us what it's like playing the harp? It seems like this huge, unwieldy thing. Like, how many strings is it? Yeah, it's 40. There are 47 strings on the one that I play, which is like the biggest one. Yeah, it's a concert grand pedal harp that I play. And 47 strings, it's about 85 pounds. It is hollow, so I mean, I can I can pick it up. I kind of wheel it around on a little cart on a little trolley, um, <laughs> and you know, you use you don't use your pinky fingers. You use eight fingers to play, 
and you kind of hold your elbows up and you lean it back on your shoulder. It's really, really fun. I feel like the cool thing is that, you know, people think that it's very complicated to learn it. But to me, the Mm. cool thing is that you can make it sound beautiful just by playing like three strings. Yeah, I was I was going to say like how many how many of those 47 strings are you sort of using? I mean, I use a lot of them, but to make a lovely melody, you don't have to use very many of these strings. The harp, even mm-hmm. one string just sounds beautiful on its own, just if, just like plucked in a mm-hmm. gentle way. I'd love to kind of go back to the beginning and talk about how you got here, because a harp is sort of notoriously niche as an instrument and quite hard to learn. Can you talk a bit about how you kind of picked up the harp and first started to learn it? Yeah, um, I started playing the harp when I was 11. My mom is a harpist. And so there were just harps in my life since I was born, even before that, you know, like um, (laughs) in the womb, my mom was playing with orchestra. So I kind of grew up thinking that that was like a normal (laughs) thing to have around the house until I got a little bit older and I was like, oh wow, the harp is actually kind of weird and unusual. Mary was trained classically and played that way for a long time. But as a teenager, she was also listening to a lot of rock music, R.E.M., The Cure. And then as she got older, something clicked. She realized that she could use the harp to compose song parts the way that guitarists and drummers do. At the time, she was working on an alternate score to a movie and it set her in this whole new direction. That was the first time I had ever played anything that wasn't on the page, you know, that wasn't like a classical thing. And so that kind of got my wheel spinning, my brain spinning. And so I was just like, maybe I can write parts, you know, because I've listened to so much music and absorbed so much music that maybe Mm. it's maybe it's time to kind of integrate the harp into music that I like to listen to for fun. That's cool. So it's kind of like an osmosis thing. Where yeah, like yeah. Sort of absorbed it and then... I think so. It sort of just naturally feeds into what, how how you're playing it. Yeah. If someone can play the piano in like a, a song like this, like, oh, maybe the harp could have that sort of melodic, ribbony line. You know, and so that's when I started thinking I could write... Like I really think of a ribbon, like a winding, a winding melody, simple melody played on the harp that could really fit in to a song. So let's, I, I guess if we fast forward to now, mm-hmm. um, I find it quite hard to explain your music because you're sort of pl- a harpist, but you're not playing the instrument like people, you know, would expect. It's a really sort of distinctive sound. So I wonder if you could describe sort of what you sound like which is a hard thing for a musician to do or at (laughs) least sort of what you're doing yeah I mean I guess at this point I'm playing the harp but I'm I'm adding other instruments to it too now but I'm also kind of doing a lot of loops with this Mm. with a looper pedal and adding effects to it but you know building these compositions based on these these loops Yeah, that makes me think of one of the songs off your new album, Horses Glossy on the Hill. Um, There's that clip-clopping sound. Where did that come from? Yeah, um, a lot of times I have this ring that I wear every day. It's like a silver ring. No way. Yeah. That's so cool. Like... 
Maybe. Yeah, I was expecting someone with like some coconut shells or something. No, to... no, no. It's just the silver ring that I have tapping, tapping on it through the effects. And then just adding layers and layers and then taking mm -hmm. away layers, you know, kind of like impressionistically creating some kind of confection or some kind of like mood or trying to paint with sounds or something like that. I feel like mm -hmm. I'm using the harp as a tool and the pedal as a tool um, to get to a, a feeling, maybe like a mood. So your first solo album was released in 2013. You've since released four more, um, not counting those in collaboration with other artists. And it feels, I mean, this is like one of my favorite albums of yours, so maybe I'm biased, but it feels like it was on Hundreds of Days, which was released in 2018, where you really started experimenting with more instruments to create mm -hmm. a different kind of ambient music like I mean do you agree with that yeah can we go through can we just have a listen to Baltic Birch it's a lot of reverb on it <laughs> I, I, <laughs> right and that's the echo effect in there yeah I had this artist residency in outside of San Francisco in this national park I had all this quiet time. There was barely any cell phone reception there. And, and so I just thought I wanted to, to take what I was doing to another level and just to have no rules and just have total creative freedom in this, in this place. I would say that a lot of my songs are kind of melancholy. I, I just like sad music. <laughs> you know so i i also like having a a darker harsher sound sometimes with the harp or with my my music because it's it's not as expected you know yeah like here it gets like really sort of heavy at the same time that it gets more kind of mm -hmm. it's not quite chaos but it's like feels very <laughs> despairing to me um yeah and there's like a little swivel, like, I, I don't know if you can hear it in that clip. There's like a little swivelly, that's the only, <laughs> the only word that uh -huh. I can use to describe it. It's like a little swivelly thing. It's <laughs> um, really surprising. Yeah, it's funny with these, those songs, with all my songs, I feel like I never play them the same way twice because I, I never can. It's mm. so much improvisation. And so if you asked me to play a swivelly thing again, I could never... I could not do it probably because I don't know how I did it. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, uh, sort of when you're talking about how you write, is it purely improvisation or, mm -hmm. it, I mean, do you write it down or record yourself singing it or do you need to kind of oh no, jam on the harp? I just jam. It? Yeah, it's like purely <laughs> emotion. It's purely emotion based. It's just like, okay, I want to try to sit down and just make something and... Mm. And then I'll just like start with a few notes. Um, it also seems like a lot of your music is inspired by a sense of place. Like mm -hmm. you're saying Hundreds of Days is inspired by the residency. And your new album is called Goodbye Hotel Arcada. I'm interested how you find inspiration from places and sort of translate it into music. I don't know. I, I just have a real love. I'm like a pretty nostalgic person and I really love the idea of being able to capture a moment and then then have it 
preserved in this art form, I guess, to be able to revisit it, I would say that my memory isn't that great. You know, like I have a hard time sometimes remembering stuff the older I get. And, and so I feel like with these records, I can go back and listen to it and then I'm transported. So maybe it's like a selfish thing also to just really take from that moment because I, I know that it'll never happen again. Usually (laughs) it's like pre nostalgia almost or something. Yeah. Like where you know that you're making a memory of making something and that you're going to look back on it and and then just think about where you were at the time. And maybe people will listen to it and remember where they were while they were listening to it or something, too. Yeah, that's such a nice the kind of way of describing art is sort of anticipating mm-hmm. remembering something. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I also I love the names of your songs as well. A lot of them. I feel like a lot of them are really poetic, like, and he wrapped his wings around me. Um, But they can also be quite, like, almost tongue-in-cheek. One Mm -hmm. song in this album is called Music for Applying Shimmering Eyeshadow. And, yeah, I wondered if you you were, like, (laughs) doing that as you were sort of thinking of the melody. (laughs) I wrote that song partly, it was like around the time I had toured with Beach House. They had kindly asked me to open for them. And I wrote that song kind of after coming off of that tour. And it started off being a song about space, kind of like outer space. I I was like wondering what space smelled like. And I just decided (laughs) to Google it. And the answer was like, it's an astronaut say space smells like walnuts and burnt tire rubber from tires something it was like a pastry some kind of croissant or something and I I was like oh that's interesting I'm gonna write this song about what space smells like and then I once I had written it I was like you know this doesn't really sound like what I wanted it to sound like the description of space (laughs) and so I I was like this song sounds like what I would want to listen to in a green room you have that quiet time before you go out there and play for people and that song kind of morphed into a song that you would listen to as you were like sort of preparing for you know this experience of of performing yeah and um and I wonder how you describe this album this album I would say I made it under not uh such a time constraint I made it o- over the course of several years Mm. And it has a lot of special guests on it. So I invited a lot of friends and and people that I admire to write their own parts over top of mine and to play um, with the music on top of the harp. And I really love this kind of like collaborative sound. It feels different than other records of mine in this way because because I, um, you know, these people's uh, personalities, like musical personalities shine through. It was kind of a pastiche, like kind of a collage of songs from, you know, a couple years, I guess, of work. Amazing. Mary, thank you so much for coming Thanks on the so show. Much. I could talk to you forever. This I know, I had so much fun. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Thanks. Mary Lattimore's album is called Goodbye Hotel Arcada and it's available now. 
That's the show this week. Thank you for listening to the FT Weekend podcast from the Financial Times. Next week, Lila's back and we're sharing a conversation she had about food writing during the recent FT Weekend Festival. I'm Lulu Smith and here's my excellent team. Katia Kumkova is our senior producer. Molly Nugent is our contributing producer. Our sound engineers are Breen Turner and Sam Jovinko with original music by Metaphor Music. Topher Forges is our executive producer and our global head of audio is Cheryl Brumley. Shout out this week to our intern Monique Malima, who's been a huge help and who is leaving us after this week. Have a wonderful weekend and we'll find each other again next week.